Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, sure, man. Uh, I'm go by the name Thomas Crown. Uh, I'm a day game coach. Been day gaming for about six and a half years now. Started doing coaching a couple of years ago. Um, should I say my website or the sort of links and yeah, stuff? Plug, say it at the end or, or uh, what? This uh, for a commer commercial purposes. Go go. Okay, just plug the shit out of it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, thomascrownpua.com. Uh, I sell books. Uh, I've got a texting guide. I've got my my memoir. So that's my first year of getting into game. Uh, I've got like a nice cheap book, which is just all of my best blog posts, which you can pick up. Yeah. And you can uh, sort of learn about the sort of stuff I like to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and then I also have a sort of intermediate textbook is is a really like in-depth coverage uh, coverage uh, an in-depth write-up of all the lays from one year where i go into like kind of extreme detail over what i did and how i did it and why and everything mm -hmm. and then what's the last one twitter okay twitter as well so uh you know as well as offering coaching and everything you can go there you can get like daily updates and stuff and that's uh, at crown day game okay Fantastic. Now, small uh, review. I actually bought your uh, book about the best of the blog because uh, I've been mm. reading your blog uh, for a few years. Uh, like, even though I don't consider myself as a day gamer because uh -huh. not really like into labels, especially mm -hmm. uh, I think calling yourself a day gamer and then you cannot approach girls out of sessions is kind of lame to me as the day <laughs> But uh -huh. the idea is like I, I was reading your blog and you know as a way to support back uh, because oh thanks for the knowledge, thanks for the entertainment, thanks for everything. But it takes time, you know, being in the streets, getting rejected, mm. uh, it's kind of give you emotional damage for life. So this is my way to chip in and say thank you for, <laughs> for the time. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Thanks for buying it. Yeah, yeah, pleasure. Yeah. You know, well, it was good stuff, and I definitely recommend it, especially since everybody can uh, afford to live without a couple of coffees in their life. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, some good lessons in there, so definitely recommend mm. it. Mm. What a, shall we? Um, that was one of the interesting points you brought up there about uh, saying, "Oh, I'm a day gamer. I'm mm. a night gamer. Mm -hmm. I'm an online guy." Yeah, um, because. Yeah, like I would definitely label myself as a day gamer, but I do always try and do some like approaches in the bar or uh, we were talking earlier about how I did this experiment with online game. Mm -hmm. And the differences you get between, you know, like dates that you do if it comes from cold approach or if it's from online um, bars, nightclubs, this sort of stuff. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting that we were saying um, you can have a guy who's like really good at one But mm -hmm. then he, uh, you try to put him in another arena and he's like, oh, fuck, I can't do it. Yeah. Or uh, I can't, um, I, don't, I don't succeed in these channels like you were saying. But you see, to me, that's interesting because if you would have to boil down what is day game to the minimum basics, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say are three things that are what drive the engine of day game, basically? What the seduction behind it? Yeah, I think... I think as in like uh, if someone says, oh, like it was day game, I met her through day game, then to me, that just means meeting a girl in any place that isn't a typical place that you're going to meet a girl. Mm -hmm. So I think in most guys' heads, it's like, all right, in a bar or in a club. Yeah. So, so day game, day 
day game is kind of like anything else. In a weird way, it's to me, it's not necessarily the daytime. It, it just can be anywhere outside of those those venues. But you see, and this is also like I, that's my beef with the Twitter PUA guys, and they were mm -hmm. like, "Oh no, that was gutter game." <laughs> Shut up, you know what? <laughs> No, but you know, if it's like after seven, it's like so. What if in the time zone you are, it's dark after yeah. five? And yeah. <laughs> you see, to me, this is like these kind of labels are kind of stupid because I understand mm -hmm. it's like the social environments are different mm -hmm. and that requires calibrate different calibrations. You know, and that's yeah. why you become an advanced guy. You're able to calibrate yourself properly to the environment uh, and mm -hmm. the context that you're in, because. Mm. Um, I go to sex parties, for example. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a dumb. No surprises there, guys. You kind of have to. It's in, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like part of the deal, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just like the context is different. The premise is different. The calibration, the approach that you do is different. Uh, mm -hmm. But the fundamentals that you need to have as a man for getting laid are always mm -hmm. the same, that you need to have an archetype, you need to have charisma, you need to know how to escalate, you need to be confident, you need to be dominant, all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just like when people label themselves as a day gamer and mm -hmm. they are just like uh, able to get laid only via one channel, because yeah. to me also I see all these things as sourcing channels, okay? Mm -hmm. It's just like it shows me that they are putting a mask, uh, and they are just like showing a facade. And of course, mm -hmm. I, I understand they're going to have some results uh, because of it. Mm -hmm. Because when, when you're not congruent, and we both know that women are extremely good at sniffing out if there is incongruency in your personality, that is mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe you get some just be sheer amount of volume or just because of your luck or, I don't know, you're tall white dude in Southeast Asia, for example, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think um, everybody though is gonna is gonna pick the one thing that they like the most. Yeah, everyone's gonna, but it shouldn't ever stop you from doing the other ones. But uh, I mean, like from my from my personal experience, uh, I don't do night game because I like to try and look after my health. I don't want to mm -hmm. be going out to bars and clubs late into the night to listen to music I don't enjoy. Oh, God. To be surrounded by like <laughs> drunk people um and also like you know I, I i like people in general i like talking to them kind of i learned introvert extrovert in that way mm -hmm. but when i go and talk to a girl in the daytime i love the fact that i'm just talking to her it's just me and her and mm -hmm. you get a very clear idea of who that person is and they're not hiding behind an avatar like they would perhaps if they are on a dating app where you know they they put their list of demands in the in the oh. in the bio even though they would be happy to even break that, some of those it, it matters like a, a banknote of seven euros you know it's just like <laughs> it's like yeah it's nice but uh not really gonna pay the bill you know no <laughs> uh, um or or for example if they're in a nightclub where all their friends are there and then you've got to navigate that you've got to navigate that maze it's a it's like a big bowl of noodles or spaghetti and you've got mm -hmm. to straighten them all out and it's a uh, some guys love it some guys love that chaos of being involved in that um in those environments um mm -hmm. but for me day game is the best one and uh that's the environment i love approaching in the most mm -hmm. but i absolutely agree with what you say it's like if you keep yourself 
just in one environment, then you start to feel this kind of guilt. You know, if you're in a bar, you're in a, a club or something, and you feel like, how comes if she was on the street, I could approach her, but now I'm, I'm, I'm back to being a beginner again. Yeah. Um, you just don't feel like the real deal. So I feel like you can kind of, ex- you have to just accept that, say fuck it and just go off and do it no matter where it is. I agree with you. Look, especially this is something that uh, I don't have a problem with online dating, uh, mm. especially if it works great. Uh, mm. My issue with uh, people only do online dating is that then they forget how, like they see a beautiful girl in the street and they're like, oh man, I wish I could talk to her during the day, which there's yeah. nothing stopping you unless mm-hmm. you're blocking yourself. And my issue is that most of guys that do day game, they become lazy, sorry, online game. They become uh-huh. lazy and they don't have, they their balls basically like shrink, <laughs> shrink like, up. And they're like, oh, I cannot go and talk to her. There's too many people watching. It's like, so? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, man. That's how, that's it. I would say cold approach. Let's call cold approach you know, instead of because even doing mm. it at night uh, in clubs, it requires a certain amount of attributes. Uh, of course, mm. the energy is different. Uh, uh, I come from night game, actually. Mm. When I started my journey 20 years ago, it was the only thing that was mainly available. Yeah. There was day game, but it was just doing night game during the day. Like, what would you do in a club mm-hmm. in the street? And it was a little bit clownish as a thing. I see. Uh, or there was me being Italian. There was the Italian way, which is kind oh. of um, approaching girls and love bombing them. Uh, is that like the, in you know, like the, the stereotypical shouting like Ciao Bella from the side yeah, of the street? Yeah, it's kind of like the, the Italian Casanova thing. Just go there and like with the loving eyes and like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. <laughs> like you're the princess of my art, you know, like literally love uh-huh. bombing. That's the Italian Romeo kind of game. Uh, okay, so, okay. I mean, there were Italian guys that back in the day to seduce tourists, they would just mm-hmm. show up with the flowers at the airport or at the train station. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Did it work? That, that was the game back in the day. That was it, man. <laughs> but, oh. but I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like cold approach requires attributes. And it's, mm. it's also very good because you learn to become comfortable with uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, that's, what that's I mean. right. So that, like, that's... Uh, I, I was going to say that's probably for me like the if you take away take away the girls take away the dates the texting and all the all that sort of stuff is uh, like the number one skill you walk away from from doing cold approaches that thing of fuck if I can go and talk to that girl I can just do anything else in my life yeah I can go ask for a raise a promotion um, doesn't really matter what it is that's I, an I think it's that point. confidence that's an interesting point you made because i wanted to ask you like you've been doing game mm. uh, for seven almost seven years and mm. some of which is a coach but knowing mm. your story you didn't start your professional life you didn't start as a coach so true, i suppose true. that day game kind of changes you as a man and change you like the course of your life oh absolutely man um so i was like quite uh i was quite like a late bloomer sexually mm-hmm. and then i i was with a couple of girls and then the third one became my girlfriend for um, like three years after okay so i wasn't really actively going out trying to pick up girls till i was maybe uh i was sort of like 23 24 mm-hmm. 
And I sort of, I'd always known about this idea of pickup. Uh, I don't know if you know, there's this, there was this American sitcom called How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yes. Where like, this character, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. well, that was the thing is like, I used to be a bit of a Ted Mosby kind of like romantic kind of guy. Uh-huh. And then, and then I, but I really wanted to be like the Barney Stinson kind of pickup guy. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, uh, when I ended that relationship in my mind, I knew I wanted to try and do this pickup thing because mm-hmm. me and my friends as well, you know, classically we'd, um, the game, we'd all read the game and, uh, you know, we would kind of at university, we all read it and we were joking about it. Uh, but then when I finished uh, when I came out of that relationship, then I was like, right, I want to, I want to do this pickup thing. And um, back then, you know, Nick Krauser, Tom Torero were the guys that uh, mm-hmm. everyone was watching and, and, and reading, listening to, um, and especially Tom's videos. Like they really gave me this amazing sense of adventure. Yes. Uh, who's traveling to these different places. Uh, even the videos where he was going off out into like, you know, the Lapland or something to do a Husky, Mm-hmm. sled ride his videos really inspired something in me just to go and do it and yeah, that, uh, that's something that i really liked about him because it wasn't mm. just like oh let me go to a i don't know a third world country to pick up girls and that becomes the purpose of my life uh, mm-hmm. but it's just like trying to suck uh, as much as possible out of life because mm. one day you and i we're both gonna die you know that's <laughs> unfortunately yeah unfortunately you know but may, i'm kind of working on, on trying to fix it <laughs> i'll let you know if i come across a solution and you're mm-hmm. not going to remember that six plus or 6.5 that you stopped at the metro stop uh mm-hmm. in uh before slot Tarazi. You know, or <laughs> seven uh, Ukrainian that was walking fast in Soho and she looked French. Mm-hmm. You're not going to remember that. You're going to remember mm. the crazy adventures and the crazy people that you met along the journey. So mm. that that on that there was also it was inspiring to me because thanks to those videos, I I realized wait I can combine the two things that I like most in my life. You know, which is travel mm-hmm. and hot woman, of course. <laughs> fantastic man well i'm on i'm on the same page with you i love that too yeah so i mean this um i suppose this also like pulled the trigger like in making you becoming like a coach so taking care of your own time your business because uh, mm. well, most uh, of the guys they're like oh I, wa- I want to become good at this so what should i do you know and mm. and just like taking care of your life first uh, like your personal yeah. life uh, it's kind of important I mean, to sort of like to answer the earlier question and tie in with that one, mm-hmm. um, when I when I first started doing pickup, I were, you know, I had sort of had everything in place that I needed to. I had a good job already. Um, I was in London. And so that just meant that I could go full on obsessive and uh, go out and do tons of set, do lots of sets each week um, before like any kind of hobby time previously now would be associated with uh, reading pickup stuff like textbooks or watching videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into the coaching, I think it was because I had this one side of my life that was so exciting. And then I had the other side of my life of like working a corporate job and seeing the contrast between the two and just thinking like, fuck this, 
this this pickup side is so much more fun so much better mm, yeah. and then on the other side as well i mean naturally as a person I, as a kid i really hated being told what to do so so you know like starting a starting a job where every day you get told what to do it like ground me down and then uh, i think after a couple of years i was thinking to myself like yeah i don't i don't think i want to do this kind of 9 to 5 forever and then came to the decision of doing coaching and then you know how things develop like that over time and uh i came to the decision okay i'm going to i'm going to build up savings i'm going to go solo and i'm going to do the coaching thing as my as my job okay i see yeah so when you're saying about um you're saying about guys just starting out yeah i mean i think yeah. also also shifting gears a little bit uh, you know mm. what do you think because to me like when i help guys uh, in um, mm -hmm. starting I'm, like i said i'm not a day game coach i consider myself as a little bit more like a bigger brother helping guys mm -hmm. more on all, all kind of fronts of life uh, mm -hmm. but having dipped myself a little bit with this for a few years let's call it like that uh, yeah it's like yeah. i see that guys uh, if the ones that succeed uh, before the others are the ones that have their life sorted out, you know? Mm, so yeah. they're, they're like, their income is stable, their, mo their mood is stable, their mm. style is on point, they can afford money to go on dates, uh, they can, I don't know, uh, afford to take a week to go to do an Euro trip, something like this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but you as a coach, what do you think are the most common mistakes that guys do while, uh, while learning? most common mistakes um to be honest it's it's normally down to consistency mm -hmm. you know everyone everyone's got their own big problem right they've always everyone's got this, this some sort of issue and like for some guys it's going to be they have um they, they suffer a lot from approach anxiety they, they can't do an approach mm -hmm. for some guys they can do the approach but they can't like calibrate to the goal read her face that sort of stuff or they can't um they have some sort of like inner game problem some mm -hmm. sort of complex that stops them from really doing it but i think the main thing that stops guys is the consistency you know and i and i guess this has probably been said many times before i'm certainly not the first person to say that guys need to be more consistent but actually going out doing their approaches and then thinking about what they did uh -huh. so one thing one thing that i did as a beginner was i would go out and do my sets and I would come home and I'd keep a little journal of um, how it went. So I would try and write down like two things I did well, give myself a pat on the back for them. And then one thing that I would improve for the next time. That's good. And then, and then the next time I went out, I would be like, okay, cool. So maybe um, the, the, the issue I had on the last session was that uh, I tried to stop the girl, but I didn't get right in front of her. So next time I make sure I do that one thing. Um, and this, you know, it's going to be good as a journal, like, you know, you keep yourself accountable, keep yourself going out. Uh, you stay honest because you're always having to write down something to make yourself a bit better. Mm -hmm. But also it's just going out there and, and doing the sets. Uh, like one analogy I give to students is, you know, at the gym, you go and you lift weights. And when you put the muscle under tension, that grows the muscle. And then, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's some research that says like growing a muscle like that is <laughs> like wrong, the, but- The basics of hypertrophy by Thomas Crown, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, but you know you know like i'm sure i hope everyone knows what i'm trying to say which is like you've got a day game muscle yes. and a pickup muscle and and if you have time in set time under tension then it's gonna grow kind of naturally like i think that if you let's say you want to be good at um tennis or another sport or something mm-hmm. you have to go and play it and uh, I, I really feel like your brain will kind of help you towards getting better at it as long yeah. as you're making a, a, a genuine effort there's a definitely a muscle memory component whether you're like mm. you're trying to play basketball playing the guitar like mm. I played the guitar it took me I don't know like now I can do things that would take me I don't know, three hours to master and I can do it in five minutes you know so mm. there's definitely yeah. like when all the cylinders come online and they fire up all in line it's mm-hmm. like definitely much faster and better and mm-hmm. I will agree with you that most of the times the advice I will give to guys is just like just do more and reflect yeah. on what you've done because mm. just do more then you have people that basically just spam approach and do well I've done 35 sets this afternoon and they were all trash <laughs> basically you know so, yeah yeah um, I mean my my recommendation for the number of sets and sessions a guy can should do in a week is to do uh, like, I don't know, somewhere up to 30 sets a week, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe 25 to 30 over three or four sessions. So something along the lines of uh, anywhere from three sessions and 10 sets, or you could do four sessions and do say seven or eight sets each time. Mm-hmm. Um, because as well, I find that, yeah, if you, if any guy tries to substitute getting better with just sheer volume, then, then he's just playing real life Tinder which I think isn't what yeah. <laughs> what guys are actually trying to do with day game. You know, I feel like they want to get more than just real life Tinder um, or they want to improve themselves in that charismatic way, like to learn how to actually like charm girls and um, get them attracted and everything. Uh, yeah, I agree with you that yeah. just the spamming approaching, like basically getting in front of the girl so you're a le- real life picture and she just like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Swipe left, you know, instead of yeah. just like you're there. And uh, I've been saying on different podcasts about the game, especially and also other guys that um, I've been with uh, uh, the day mm-hmm. game, that to me is like your sexual market value is like, is mm-hmm. the, but like the block of a car, basically. It's your engine, okay? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, your game is your delivery transmission. So your clutch, mm-hmm. your wheels, uh, when the rubber transmit the torque on the, on the ground. So mm-hmm. if you're like just presenting yourself there and spam approach and it's like, hey, 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 hey. You know, you're hoping that someone would say, hey, back, basically. Instead mm-hmm. of just like trying to transmit, trying to deliver what is actually, you know, that you have. Because maybe you're the most interesting guy in the world, even you're just looking average, but mm-hmm. you have no way to transmit and communicate that in a positive way. It's just mm-hmm. like, then game really helps you with that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's, um, you know, like what kind of guy is game the best for? You know, like it, it, from your opinion, you use all these, you use like different ways of meeting girls. Mm. Um, okay. Because you could, you know, like you could say something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, like a, oh, a black pill guy, a really strong black pill guy would say something like, oh, yeah, if you're a Chad, then you just do online. And if you're uh, <laughs> a five out of 10, then you just, you know, there's no point in doing anything. 
Well, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I would definitely say, first of all, in the eyes of a black pillar, anything that's a Chad, uh, that is Chad uh, or, or bust, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say, like, cold approach uh, is good for everyone. I would mm. say if you are uh, uh, an average-looking guy, your job mm. should be try to be a little bit polarizing, like with your archetype, with your looks, uh, mm. and definitely yeah, go for the approach uh, because I've seen plenty of guys, and I know plenty of guys, uh, that they got laid with girls that are technically higher than them in the looks department, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but they just had very smooth game and they were able mm. to close the deal. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a Chad, uh, I mean, life is kind of sorted itself. I never seen chats that they had dating issues, so there's no mm-hmm. recommendation. And if you are a below average looks kind of guy, mm-hmm. I would say a combination of cold approach and social circle will probably be the best mm-hmm. because um, I understand for these guys. Uh, the streets could be terrible, especially at the beginning. You know, the thousand mm-hmm. sets of album, that kind of thing could easily transform in the 2,000 or the 5,000 sets of album. You know? And worse than hell. Yeah. And Seventh I, circle of hell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're all seven rings. Uh, yeah. And I understand for them uh, that would be kind of rough. Uh, but that mm. hard exercise, uh, when they are put in a position that they could be seen as the leader like i know this guy for example he's kind of ugly looking but mm-hmm. he has a great body and he is a fantastic rock climber okay mm-hmm. so when he's at the rock climbing gym all the girls gravitates toward him because mm-hmm. he can do things that not even rock climbing champions can do almost you know you wow. see him jumping hanging with one hand Hang, mm-hmm. jumping like Tarzan in real life. Yeah. <laughs> jumping to the other and grappling the rock with the other hand is just crazy. And all the girls gravitate towards that. But yes, this big nose uh, mm-hmm. is like losing hair, like this mixed grayish kind of looking hair color. Uh-huh. It's not brunette, not dark. I said, dude, the, dye your hair so at least you have a hair color you know (laughs) yeah it's just like thanks to the game to the cold approach Mm -hmm. he was able to capitalize because not just because girls gravitates around you means that they're Mm -hmm. all gonna fuck you 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 follow me here so thanks to uh, the mix of learning how to be more charismatic thanks to the hard training that the streets provide you Mm-hmm. And the social interaction where you put it yourself and be in the best position possible, you can actually have a decent, good dating life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's the that hits the nail on the head. It's it's gonna learning game is just gonna improve where you are. Yeah, I mean, even if you just do online game, you're a good looking guy. You've seen probably the videos where they take uh, Chad photos uh, and they yeah. they text like super simps. So. So learning uh-huh. game, which is also including the knowledge and the know-how of what to do, mm-hmm. will benefit everyone, you know? So, mm-hmm. of course, the better the wheels in your car, the better the speed that your engine can produce. Mm-hmm. You see? I mean, and, and even, in, even in that example with the, the quote-unquote Chad, um, 
I guess for him, if he's messaging a kind of girl who is still really good looking, but actually maybe not as good at looking as him, having what we would call simp game might be the best calibrated thing to do in that moment. Because for that guy, he's just like, why rock the boat? Just be, just be normal, nice, kind of bland, move straight towards, go from A to B and go towards the lay. Yeah. I mean, it, look, my my main thing would be just like if you're a black pillar, um, mm. I've seen black pillars that they usually divide into camps. The ones that are mm. too lazy to do anything and the mm. ones that are kind of OK. I know a few black pillars that they are kind of short, but good looking. They have good bodies mm. uh, and they just need to fix their mindset. Mm. So Yeah. For the first ones, I cannot help them because if you cannot help yourself, there's no help. The other mm -hmm. ones, learning game, uh, learning, you know, also the right things about themselves. Uh, so a more mm -hmm. holistic approach and becoming an overall more happy person. Let's, let's use the term yeah. happy as a container. It's just like benefiting them. So mm -hmm. I think pretty much overall learning game for everyone is great. Uh, Of course, there are degrees that you're gonna need to apply it. Like the more, yeah, yeah. the smaller your engine, the better the wheels have to be. You know, so mm -hmm, you need mm -hmm. to pull out any single possible horsepower that you can. <laughs> yeah. Correct, you know. Uh -huh. So that I I agree with you on that. That learning is just, I would say, I almost um, an exercise in becoming whole. Let's call it like that. Without it, yeah. uh, you're always going to have to rely a little bit on, on luck uh, or mm -hmm. there's going to be a bunch of factors that you don't control. That nothing will change that. Uh, there's always going to mm -hmm. be a component of randomness. Uh, but you start to take control over a few things, at least what comes out of your mouth uh, and Absolutely, with yeah. your body, for example. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, that's it for most guys is that having the... What well, one having having so much more control over their sex life, even to the extent like they might not be the ultimate player or something, but mm -hmm. they know that there's a consistent stream of sex that they can get either by continuing to swipe or continuing to approach. And like that can be so good for your your mindset, I guess, your mental health as well, because if you feel like if you're just going out and relying on luck, then it's like, well, when, when is it going to happen? I don't know. That's going to be a bit depressing. You know the definition of locus on control, right? It's like when you feel you're in control of your life or when you feel you're not mm. in control of your life. And I think that having, you'll never have full control over your dating life. I, I mean, you oh, never no, have true, full true. control over your life, you know, because mm -hmm. just step out of your house and a truck run over you, you don't have yeah. control, <laughs> of course, you know. Uh, yeah. Although there's like degrees of control, And the higher mm -hmm. the degree you have, the more you'll feel about it. It's like, well, I mean, I also think that's why guys, they look at statistics uh, a little bit too obsessed. Because yeah. uh, it's kind of like, well, I know it's one in 49. So <laughs> in 48 down, guess what's next, uh, baby? Next. <laughs> oh, man, I wish it was that certain. It would be perfect. <laughs> But you see, I think people obsessed. Look, um, stats, if done correctly, is good. Otherwise, I think it's just vanity metrics. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think for guys learning certain things, uh, for me, it was a lot of the haha moments. Like, 
oh, mm. so that's why this works. So, oh, yeah. You know, I've seen people uh-huh. doing it and I never knew why, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, for, for me, it was the, for me, an aha moment was always when I found like a new kind of technique, a mm-hmm. way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I really distinctly remember uh, before I'd read, it, read any of these kind of like textbooks and stuff, uh, I would go on a date and I'd be like, okay, how do I kiss a girl? Mm. and what i would do would kind of clunkily sit next to her and then just like lunge after a certain amount of time where i thought the opportunity was there oh, were you was... waiting for the like the i call it the american movie kiss scene when there's like times uh, the that, romance they're like their eye contact and it's just like you know magically they get attracted to each other like they're, like uh, they're two magnets so. it's beautiful <laughs> It's like where you learn how to do that is like they re- you remove all these romance movies from your mind. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, eh, well, you know, that, that was a comforting thing to believe in. True, true, yeah, yeah. That was that was when I used to be the Ted Mosby guy, when I used to be <laughs> the uh, hoping for the romantic thing. So you, um, had, you but... had to find a blue horn kind of thing in order to kiss a girl. <laughs> like, yeah. And go do like, dude, had set up this big moment for something to happen. Yeah, the, the, the big, wow, now, now, now I deserve a kiss. Now I've been a good boy, I deserve a kiss. So. I know, man, it's, it's fucked up. But uh, luckily, I, I grew out of it. I grew out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so like the aha moment for me would be like, oh, okay, so this is an escalation ladder. Mm-hmm. Or this is how like you begin, you might start touching her hand, then like somewhere on her arm, then on her shoulder, then like the hair, the ears, some earrings, a necklace. And then you're close to her and then you can, you can kiss her. And for me, that was like a, um, every time I found like a new way of doing things that was successful, mm-hmm. um, I was like, yes, I know how to do it. I've kind of surmounted that obstacle and then on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. sort of making it, making it full, bringing it full circle, like going back to say like kissing a girl these days for me, I don't really need to do steps. I don't really need to think, oh, do this escalation, then that escalation. I can kind of see in her eyes when she wants it to happen. And then from there, it's as simple as put my hand on, on her back and just tip her towards me and do it. Mm. So because I wanted to ask you, uh, mm. are there things that you learned as a coach versus you know, the things that you have to learn as a practitioner of the game, you know? That mm. you're just like, well, you learn the escalation ladder, you learn how to pass shit tests. You learn mm-hmm. how to dress better, you know, you just learn when she says we're not going to have sex, what that means, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But yeah. are, are there any lessons that you learn just that you learn thanks to being a coach versus just mm. like go out and do sets? Uh, I would say that the thing about being a coach teaches you is like just how important the fundamentals are and then and then which and then what they are. because. Mm-hmm like we were saying before with the the example about escalating up to a kiss, like if you were teaching a guy, you would say, okay, you want to do this stage, this stage, this stage, this stage. But if I was to look at it as a practitioner, I would say the most important things, the actual fundamentals are things like if you touch her even a little bit, how does she react? And then how close does she sit next to you? If you say to us, come sit near, near to me, see where she sits. And then seeing how kind of compliant her body is 
when you if you were trying to pull her over to kiss her mm-hmm. so but you can't but that's like calibration you yes. know for example saying that like how compliant is her body language a guy isn't really going to know what to do uh when you're a beginner you have to coach a guy basically to do these discrete steps do x you know do a b c one two three and then assume compliance and sort of go for the go for the result and sort of over time you'll learn that that calibration so teaching guys when i'm on the street it's uh it shows to me shows to me what what are the fundamentals and then what are the kind of cherries on top mm. of the cake um you know it's the sort of thing where you need to where i can see okay you can let these things kind of slide uh, but you do also you absolutely have to have these things in place so like off the top of my head if you're going to do a street stop you want to do um get you want to go up to her and most of the time get directly in front of her mm-hmm. you're going to make eye contact as soon as you can and hold it all the way through the opener yeah uh you're going to come in at a distance of of uh roughly an arm's length away or a meter maybe depends how long my arms are probably longer than most guys so. are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know coming in at a, at a distance that is not too close to make a jump but not too far to just you know you're gonna lack dominance if you do that yes and then speaking slowly and delivering your opener whatever that's going to be whether it's just a straight up compliment or it's going to be some sort of teasing observation in a nice sort of measured tone mm-hmm. and those probably being like the most fundamentally important things uh, like to take an example you can normally stop a girl from the side. You can walk up to her and uh, sort of hold your hand up, get her attention, say, excuse me, get her to stop moving. And that's, that's good, but it's not quite as good as getting in front of her. And it, that's just, for me, that's just one of the fundamentals. Mm. If you're doing a street stop, make sure you get in front of her. Yeah, that, on that I agree. Also because uh, uh, me as a dominance coach, i teach guys how to be more dominant okay yeah so there's nothing more dominant than going full 100 and my idea is like if you try to seduce a woman she has to leave she can either buy or reject that's perfectly mm. fine but mm-hmm. she has to leave knowing that you did 100 okay yeah it's not that you went there and like excuse me hey <laughs> it's like No, you put yourself in the front. Uh, so she's like, okay. And uh, then, I don't know, guys, they love to go in the nitty gritty details. Like, how much should I smile? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly, well, yeah. I mean, if you're too nervous and you're like smiling like such a nice guy, that's, of course, not going to work well. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing something that that is very dominant and makes you more dominant, you know, mm-hmm. you have to go full 100%. You cannot yeah. be, I think it was Tom, they would say, you cannot be half gangster. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? So mm-hmm. if you're, yeah, of course, then as the more you progress, the more you learn to calibrate. So maybe mm-hmm. doing front stops in a busy mall on a Saturday afternoon, they're not yeah. exactly the best. I agree Then you know, stealth side stop is the best option. But mm-hmm. it's like, I see a lot of guys that are just afraid of doing a front stop, Mm-hmm. because they're just too yeah. afraid of doing that mm-hmm. so that's yeah, not that... what a dominant man would do in my eyes no no but that's that's it it's like they need to have they need to have that dominance in place 
They need to be doing the things to make the girl know that they mean business. Mm-hmm. I think the flip side to that is that uh, guys get too caught up in trying to think of a million things at once. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy will maybe not do an approach because he doesn't think he has any kind of clever tease to associate with her. Oh, man. <laughs> and it, it's, no, it's one of those things. Backstory here. I remember uh, sure, I met yeah. a guy and he was doing day game in the UK and it was just mm-hmm. like he came with a teaser for um, every UK region like you wow. know some regions they have food some regions have particular way of saying things he came mm-hmm. with a tease for everything yeah uh, then yeah. you see the kind of people you deal with you know in <laughs> and it wants to say oh man I felt this sad because i could i i couldn't come up with the properties for her and like it's like it's, wait a second so if you don't prefabricate these you're gonna go talk to girls it's not gonna work man if you don't have the perfect tease you're never gonna have sex with her oh, everyone man. knows that come on <laughs> if only i had the perfect tease that i would always rely to you know Jeez. yeah But, but that's the thing. It's like, it's nice to have. It's great to have. And it feels it like it makes you feel kind of like happy and smart and funny and stuff. If you go in and say something like that. But uh, guys doing this, uh, you know, worrying about the 1%. Whereas mm. they should be worrying about the 80%, which is like what we said is the dominance. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that getting right in front, speaking slow, direct eye contact. It's all dominance. Yes. So, Yeah. that's it they're focusing on the one percent little things rather than the 80 percent um you and, remember and uh, we had, sorry to cut it but you remember guys you'll never hear that conversation again is lost forever where this conversation <laughs> of these guys stopping me in budapest uh, asking mm. what what did you tell her you know when literally like you can tell anything you want is how yeah. you tell and the context mm. of the way you, you tell things Because, of mm. course, it's like you stop a girl like, hey, excuse me, um, I like to tie you up in front of a crowd of people. Because uh, <laughs> yep. uh, I do these kind of shows. Uh, of course, she's going to be like, uh, let me call the police, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, sometimes my deep of work, but that's not the point, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially you guys don't do it at home. But the point is like, what do you say literally doesn't matter. You know, is the vibe... Mm-hmm. Um, My game is very vibe-driven. So mm-hmm. for the days that my vibe is off, uh, I'm very shit in the streets. I have no problem mm-hmm. in that. Uh, so it's just literally like, I, have, oh, I understand that when you're anxious, uh, freeing mental bandwidth uh, uh, by having candid material to say is mm-hmm. a good option. I understand that. And as a beginner, you should totally do that. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you want to advance, you need to slay this dragon and you know, start to walk with your own legs. Yeah. I mean, to, um, here you go. Here's some like, I don't know, free coaching for all of the, uh, for all of the, the freebies. <laughs> But uh, with students, I always say, I always tell them this, because you know, in London day game model, that's how I learned to do day game. It's like open, stack, vibe, invest, close. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, well, what do I talk about? I don't know what to talk about. So I say to students, look, really simple. Go into every single set and get these three pieces of information, where she's from, uh, what she's doing right now, and you know what her job is, or you know if she studies, then what she studies, that kind of thing. And given that you're gonna have a, and then just say, look, if you can't think of anything 
good to say as a tease, just go in and give her a good compliment and then get into these three conversation topics. So you're gonna spend something like 30 seconds on the opener, one to two minutes on each of the conversation topics. And then at the very end, reiterate a compliment and say, you know, I wanna take you out for a drink sometime or some wine or whatever mm -hmm. it's gonna be, a coffee if you don't drink or whatever, whatever it is you say and take the number and then you've got to fumble with the number and everything. And with that, you've got a five minute set. But and you, then, you, if you think it, about it, this is, uh, I mean, it's not that I, I want to downgrade absolutely your coaching far away from this. Oh, that was, that's just like a, to say to guys, look, if you don't know what to think about, there are the conversation topics. Yes. Just I mean, to free yourself from the pressure of having to come up with something super smart to say. Which, you know, sometimes having a normal conversation, okay, there are ways to frame it uh, the way you have a conversation. Yeah. It's like, so where are you going? What's your name? What are you up to? You know, this, of course, is bad, you know? Mm. It's like, well, look at you, like with this coat, uh, and this is the classic, like, I work in marketing, but today is gym day outfit, you know? So mm -hmm. this kind of thing, uh, it, it's adds value to a conversation in a different way than just bombarding with questions. So, yeah, yeah. but my point be like having a normal conversation without going into crazy particular teases or stuff like that. Uh, yeah, It's yeah. just like the way people always had sex in the past. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, and, and even the, uh, I think when, I think, you know, like we were saying before, girls are amazing at, knowing your in, in they, they just know things about you which you know yes. you didn't even think you were you were broadcasting um is that if you're there in the set and you're trying to think of a great thing to say she immediately knows uh, you know like this guy he's trying to impress me mm -hmm. yeah I agree. It's, uh, obviously it's it's like a you've got to walk the line or find the balance whatever the phrase is mm -hmm. because yeah like we we agreed there you can't just be like What's your name? What do you do? Like Torero called them those the hairdresser questions or the questions yeah, of yeah. doom. Yes. The step up from that would be a simple one of like, okay, find an interesting way to find out what she's doing today. Or, uh, you know, like, oh, the really typical, um, uh, the geography stack. You know, I, I'd say like to a guy, look, if you don't know what to say, just say to her something like, you really don't look like you're from London. Oh, yeah. And she's definitely, and that's, really really simple but it i don't know why but it just kind of it doesn't click that thing in the girl's head where she doesn't hear you say where are you from that kind of preset question that seems a bit boring but also you're not there thinking oh i've got to try and identify the region of spain she's from uh and the exact gps coordinates yeah, and things like, like that okay oh. so what people are famous there for uh, i mean so since you've been such a great guy and spilled some free coaching let me spill some free coaching too it's like the things that people will ask you most and not just women even guys mm -hmm. is like where you come from and what do you do okay yep so of course you can always say i'm an accountant from london okay mm. i mean you can always summarize the very basic things uh, or mm -hmm. i'm just a i'm an italian plumber you know yeah <laughs> references of course you know completely right. casual but it's, it's just like, there are ways to th say things, you know? Mm. It's like, I saw fix, I fix, I don't know. You could say, I fix people issues uh, when they want to get wet or stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, this one came corny, but knowing this type of stuff, okay? Mm. Knowing that people will always ask you these kind of two things. First of all, you can 
start to take accountability and say, well, if it's boring as fuck, uh, what I can yeah. do to make it a little bit more mysterious and interesting? Because mm-hmm. mystery creates curiosity, okay? Mm-hmm. And if it's not that interesting as a thing, maybe you start to question your life decisions. And yeah, exactly. Do start to make like change the job. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. well, you know, if I would have finished my, I don't know, CPA, maybe I would be, I don't know, uh, an auditor and I would be looking into drug dealers, businesses, and I would be able to do these cool things. And you'll be like, okay, so you have the next steps of your life. So exactly, yeah. learning game also is a reflection of yourself outside in the world that makes you think deeply and thoroughly about your life decisions as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think as well, um when you're if you're going to approach a girl in the daytime then she kind of expects you to be a bit exciting a bit different compared to everyone else like when i would go and approach girls in my old corporate job then i would think i would tell them oh i I work for this company and i do this and they'd look me up and down and be like you don't really seem to be that kind of guy Mm -hmm. uh either you're putting on a mask to do these to do this right now or else you're doing that job and you hate it but these days when i uh, approach girls um they'll often say like what do you do and i, mean, I don't say oh i'm a, I'm a pickup coach or i'm a dating uh, coach you, you the, uh, well actually i'm here to pick up you just for um education purposes <laughs> yes. so be, please be compliant okay yes. thank you <laughs> um but what what i say to them is uh uh i say i'm a personal coach and i say mm-hmm. that's kind of like a mix i know you obviously I'm, i'm i'm bending the truth quite a bit there <laughs> but i say it's a bit like a combination of a, of a of a personal trainer and a life coach um and the way that i square this circle in my head is you know typically with guys i'll also be recommending that they lose weight and go to the gym yes. and then the life coach bit is about the the pickup stuff mm-hmm. but bringing it back to the congruency point that when i say that to a girl she's like yeah that makes sense it's uh you know you you know you've got this extra version you come and talk to people you're comfortable with it and everything in her head lines up but if i said to her you know if i uh, said my old job then there'd be this this disconnect there yeah because so, this would be like a kind of rebellious activity mm, you know mm. it's like oh well this guy is not hitting me drunk while drunk at the club with his buddies so, or yeah. i don't know he's not like one of these rugby guys hitting on me at the pub so mm. What is he? You know, and we say, well, yeah, I'm an accountant. And they're like, oh, yeah. And yeah, like, what is this kind of Bruce Wayne Batman thing that's going on here where during the old Clark Kent Superman, maybe better, like one day during work, you're this nerdy guy, but then outside of it, you're this uh, amazing guy. It's, uh, it's a bit confusing for them. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I came up with when girls ask me what I do, I tell them uh, I'm an adult entertainer. And they're always like, <laughs> what? Ooh. What do you mean? It's like, oh, well, you'll see, you know. I mean, <laughs> while, yeah, I do some um, per, um, public performances and stuff like this. So it's not clearly just my job. We all tend to bend the truth a little bit. Also, I mean, yeah. um, that's not a job interview. That's not... Um, Oh, it's called the guy that is like his job is uh, not a headhunter, but his job is to place you uh, in the best positions possible. Like a, a recruiter? Yeah, a recruiter, something like that. that. You know, so yeah. you have to disclose all your business career, like uh, all oh. your positions. So, so <laughs> there's no harm in, in uh, twisting the truth a little bit. Like if you're a pickup mm. coach and it's like, 
yeah, I do some uh, life coaching and stuff like that. Because, I mean, ultimately, you also change lives a little bit with this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know I've seen a lot of um, infields before where the guy who was a pickup coach would say something like, I'm a confidence coach. Or yeah. I, I teach men to be more charismatic. I mean, or, or that, that also makes sense. But the point is like... Yeah. Uh, Knowing that this kind of stuff comes before you, like when they ask me, where do you come from? And just say, well, it's the country with the best pizza in the world. And they're like, oh, you're from Italy. No, I'm from New Jersey. Now, of course, I'm from Italy. <laughs> oh, you should say to them, like, I come from the country with the most handsome men in the world. Oh, God. Uh, man, I, I, clearly, they would say England, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Jackson said, only love for my, for my lads. Only love. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, knowing these kind of things beforehand and knowing how is like, again, it's not what you say, like the verbal part, of course, as a, mm. as a component. Uh, but I never had the problem when I was saying, oh, I come from Italy. You know, they were mm -hmm. like, oh, Italy, nice. So have you ever been? Oh, what do you do? Oh, I guess you mm -hmm. had an Italian boyfriend and now they all broke your heart and love. Mm -hmm. So you see, it's always kind of stuff that knowing it, uh, after a while, you just free your mind and be present. Because also mm -hmm. something that girls notice um, is why I always tell guys to throw a little bit of meditation. Uh, it's like, it's not a good mm -hmm. sensation if you don't throw a bit of meditation. In it, you know? <laughs> like Next step is cold showers. Uh, It's mm -hmm. just like when you're too much in your head, she she can see that your eyes are not present, okay? That you're yeah. injecting this sexual energy into her. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. she knows you're not there. And if you're not there, where are you? Why why you came all the way here to not yep. be here? Yep. So <laughs> you see that there's a massive um Uh, or like back in the day when we were doing the mystery method, you were like, oh, you're so cute. You could be my sister. And then you were like, oh, man, after an hour, I like you. And I was like, you know, there is this lack of congruency that mm -hmm. immediately, like, it's a giant red flag from a woman's point of view, basically. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's, I mean, I would like to think that when I do my coaching is trying to, lift these pressures off of people's shoulders as much as possible mm -hmm. so even or even going back to you know i was saying earlier that uh, i would give myself one thing to improve for the next time mm -hmm. and i would literally i wouldn't care at all how anything else went i just told myself just got to do this one thing just got to focus on that and then that really helped because then you know the aim wasn't like to have these million moving parts in place all at once i just had to do that one thing and then i could enjoy the process otherwise Would you say that's also a common mistake that guys do, trying to do too much too soon? Like, mm, yeah. I want to be able to go from zero to hero, like, in three days, like, bam, you know? Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think that, though. Like, if you want to get better, just focus on the next thing, the next obstacle. Mm -hmm. So if a guy starts, normally a guy starts doing game, the first thing he needs to do is to be able to uh, sort of manage his approach anxiety. Mm -hmm. So he shouldn't even be thinking about numbers and lays and stuff like that and dates and lays he should be thinking like yes i did an approach today that's really good or uh, and then once he has the uh, um once he has the approach anxiety he can do some approaches then he can think all right now i need to have a, a good opener and then a good conversation and then take a number and build it out like that 
Yeah. And uh, and and to celebrate every step. I mean, yeah. um, this this year I uh, like tried to learn how to to ski. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to this indoor slope that's just outside of London, and oh, you know, I'm I'm really tall, right? So I have a really high center of gravity. I was just like <laughs> falling over every time. But then when I managed to do the most basic of uh, uh, like snowplow with the skis, and I didn't yeah. fall over, and I got to the end of the baby slope, and I was like pumping my arms in the air, celebrating because I I did it. <laughs> and then that that was like yes. I didn't it fall just, over. It's amazing. It just reminded the meme of the guy that's like on the podium at the third place. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the girl like the champagne is like at the third place. You know, but uh-huh. I mean, ultimately, that's that's the kind of mindset that you need to have. Because mm. um, when I help guys with their approach anxiety, I even mm-hmm. tell them, look, for the first uh, week, uh, you should go approach mm-hmm. and say, hey, I know this is crazy. I'm doing a challenge where I have to say hello to strangers. So I hope I didn't mm-hmm. disturb you. Like. Mm-hmm. Just to show guys that people, if you go to speak to people, you go to speak to strangers, uh, you're yeah. not going to get, I mean, depends on the neighborhood, but no, nothing bad is going to happen, you know? Yep. So, and that also is a skill that gets transferable in life uh, because guys think, oh, this pickup thing, but actually mm-hmm. it spills in other areas because mm-hmm. when you finally get rid of your approach anxiety, I coached the um, guys in sales uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we had something that um, translated into English could be called uh, door handle phobia. So when they have to okay. open the door to visit a potential new customer, like uh, you're entering okay. to a store to go to the store owners, like, hello, I'd like to sell you something. They have the mm-hmm. phobia of turning the the knob yep. down. Because that's like the moment where they have to then it's do like, something. It's like, it's oh, like, fuck, it's happening now. Exactly. That where you pull the trigger, you know? And it's mm-hmm. just like, Nothing bad is going to happen. People might reject you. And you have to be uh, conscious that that's the standard condition. Like mm, yeah. you'll get more rejected than accepted. But mm-hmm. what do you decide to remember and capitalize on is the, mm-hmm. the acceptances. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the best guy, this guy was a millionaire. Um, mm-hmm. Just as a humble salesman, we never went to high school, stuff like this. It was literally like uh, um, the company owner calling someone stolen from the mines because he had absolutely zero academic, like it was even writing uh, with bad grammar. Mm-hmm. But it was like working so hard and so consistent and so boom, boom, boom like this. He mm-hmm. was one of the best salesmen in the in the entire industry. And he had people wow. courting him and everything. And his game was kind of easy. Just like, don't think. You just go through and have a normal conversation with the guy and see if you can help mm-hmm. him. And Absolutely, yeah. And I was like, but are not, you're not afraid. Maybe you disturb and you this. And he was like, shut up, you know, because <laughs> you're just like focusing all the potential negative things. Instead, you should think, what if they actually need what I'm selling? Exactly, so, yeah, that's it. It was a simple mind shift that I was like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true, you know? So bringing this lesson to the guys in coaching them sales uh, and also helping people getting, you know, rid of their approach, anxiety, fear of rejection, it's mm-hmm. just like much easier to go through if you're just honest. 
Like, That's true. Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go in there. yourself. Maybe the first week, uh, you just have to say a quick uh, hello, you know, hi, you know, and you just run like a rabbit. It's very <laughs> fine. You know, mm. there's no... I think people create this imaginary graduation class. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have to do this maximum by tomorrow. You know, like, because yeah. then, I don't know, coach uh, Thomas Crown... Is gonna question me. Is gonna check uh, if I did the homework, if I did my essay, so I can mm-hmm. get my degree in pickup uh, in pickup artistry. Yeah. You know, it's just like relax, guys. I mean, dating is supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. People tend to forget that it's not a science. Uh, it's not a um, life or death situation. Even even though some people uh, on internet forums make it sound like that, but it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have a good time you're supposed to enjoy female company not just there mm-hmm. like oh, wait, what, what kind of tease i can throw at her you know we're like no but that's that's i mean i i totally agree with you i think it's it's for many guys myself included like it it takes it takes a long time to get over those um those complexes or those uh thoughts in your head that you feel like you need to impress her with what you do or what you say mm-hmm. um but then and then the times that when you're still in that phase of working out those working out those issues eventually you're going to find girls who you just get along with mm-hmm. uh, or you get lucky you know you happen to say or do the right thing which which does well with them but then it goes back to what you were saying about what you remember because then if you do you know you do 100 sets and then you get a lay with the yes girl but then if you remember the yes girl versus the 99 no's you go into the next 100 sets thinking like oh yeah you know i'm a little bit you think more of yourself than you did before. And then that just adds up over time until eventually you get to a stage where, man, you go into every set thinking, you know what? It doesn't matter to me if she rejects me, but I think I have as good a chance as any guy to, to, exactly. to get this girl. Yes. That's, you know, that's, uh, at the end of the day, you don't know um, before you go approaching a girl, if she's going to say yes or no. Hmm. But, what is going to help you for sure is remembering the times people said yes. So you're stacking the cards as much as you can towards in your favor. Mm, yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, I mean, this is a great segue for another question that I have for you. That is like, let's assume like a magical thought experiment. Okay. Let's okay. assume that you start from zero again and your social, yeah. your social skills and your game tactics, uh, so it's like yeah. gambits and stuff like that, are all reset. So okay. what would you do to arrive at the same point that you are now, but faster? But faster, wow, okay. Um, I think, uh, like, I, let me say what I did do when I first started game, because mm-hmm. I think... Um, and I don't want this to come off as, as conceited, but I mean, I feel like I did a lot of the right things when I was starting game, mm-hmm. um, such as going out and doing like the 30 sets each week, mm-hmm. uh, writing, thing down, writing things down and trying to get better at them. Um, being very consistent in that way and not, you know, like some guys will go out and be like, oh, I'm going to do 10 sets every day this week, but then they don't do anything for the next two weeks. Oh, yeah. No. So knowing that, there can be too much of a good thing in that sense. So I, I was very, um, man, I think in my first year of day game, I did 
1400 sets what but, yes but <laughs> but here's the thing here's the thing man is i I didn't spam. I was just Mr. Consistent. I was just going out every week, going three or four sessions, doing like, I don't know, seven to 10 sets each time, um, setting my aims such that I was like, right, I need to go out and do the sets rather than going out to get a result, like a certain mm -hmm. amount of numbers or something. It was just, okay, go out and do the 10 sets. Um, so the consistency, doing the sets, uh, keeping the journal of, of what I did, what to improve, um and i think two more things will be actually like doing doing your homework so a lot of guys go out and they just hope that they're going to get better mm. and and okay. i and i do kind of agree with that because i do feel like your brain automatically like teaches you some stuff mm -hmm. um because you can naturally sense well when i did this it went better and when i did that it went worse so don't do that and do the first one but Doing the homework in terms of if you're that kind of guy who doesn't know what to say, like sit down and think about roughly. I know it, I don't want to say yes. yeah, what you're going to say. Yeah. Obviously not, not to the extent that you're saying is like, I've got this specific tease for every little nuance of the girl, <laughs> but like roughly some stuff. Like when I was a beginner, I'd for about like for a couple of weeks, I wrote down what my tease was for each set that I did. And like, of course, like there were blowouts and everything in there. But at the end of it, I had this list of all the teasers that I used. And then I thought to myself, okay, how can I put these into categories? And then at the end of it, you condense it down and maybe you've got like two or three teasers that you can use or four, five or something to use each time. Mm -hmm. And it's way easier to remember three to five things than trying to remember that, you know, for every uh, nuance of the girl trying to say a new thing. So yeah, doing your homework. Um, and then... The last thing would just be to to read the like for me day game mastery was massive especially in the uh the date escalation mm. but okay. i think so what, hold what on was, a second for yeah. the guys that don't know it it's a book from nick krauser that is uh, yeah, available yeah. on amazon so they, mm -hmm. they have a reference if they want to check it out uh mm. nick send us a commission later we accept uh, also paypal okay <laughs> um but the the thing was uh to actually do what it says in the textbook and try it out. Mm, okay. So does it ever, sorry to cut to, has it ever happened to you as a coach? You tell mm. the student what you should do in, mm. but they don't do it. They just go uh, with their programming in their mind. It's like, I just told you what you should be doing, why you keep doing what you're not doing. So it's like, you yeah, can, but you're not listening. If you know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, yes. There's, there's times where you'll have a student who uh, you'll say, oh, you know, recommend that they do it, that they do it. And then they either, I mean, like, I don't think I've ever had one where the student just wouldn't do it because he's like, no, you're wrong. It would be more like they've ingrained in their head that there is a certain way of doing things. And it's like a muscle memory thing where mm -hmm. they just do it like that every time. Yes. Or, or taking that thing where you say to them, look, just focus on, this one thing, just, just that one thing. I don't care how anything else goes, just do this one thing. But it can be really, really tough for guys to just focus on one thing because they want everything to be perfect. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. I mean, that's why I say you need to be very deliberate in your practice mm. and your life because if you're not present there 100%, the risk that muscle memory takes over and the bad habits and the bad you know form takes over. Mm. 
especially seeing this with the gym, with guys that they learn a, a movement that is bad and then they yeah. start to add weight and then they get a shoulder tear or something like this, simply mm-hmm. because there's, oh yeah, throw some weight on buddy, you know, and and they're yep. not deliberate with the practice. So mm. yeah, like they've learned they've learned bad form and then they just keep on they keep on doing it with the bad form. Yeah, I I, I agree one hundred percent with you, and that's why they should hire a good coach. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but I can say I want to I want to speak more like positively. I think it's always better to say rather than saying do not do this, rather you'd say do this, or like to say like the, what the best students are. Um, like the best students I have are definitely ones who go out and do their own sets. Mm-hmm between so sometimes i'll coach a guy you know if he doesn't live if we don't live in the same country we might only do one day so then he will get in touch with me afterwards about how his day game's going or sometimes in london i'll do coaching with a guy uh for a couple of hours every week or two but the the best students i've had are the ones who stuck at it did their own sets and stayed accountable and and sent updates and tracked what they were doing because that's really good for them because you know like oh how far i've come but also, you know, you troubleshoot little issues as it goes along. Um, but it's it's the being able to teach yourself, I think, is maybe the best thing that a student can have, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of <laughs> against the point of trying to sell coaching to sell to coach yourself. But at the end of the day, you as the like, there's a great saying, which is like uh, the student makes the coach. I agree so the. Yeah, like the student, you know, there's those phrases about, you know, you uh, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. Yes. All you all you can do as a coach is show the student the best way of doing things. And then it's their responsibility to then implement that and then be like be accountable, be in touch, communicate and troubleshoot. Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, uh, you're going to spend more time with yourself than with your coach. So yep. if you're not coaching yourself the way your coach taught you so um mm-hmm. the time that you spend doing the negative things is going to be always more than the time you spend doing the positive things with your coach mm-hmm. so i i actually agree yeah mm, if you're needing coaching you should be having coach first and then coaching yourself by repeating what your coach is saying not just mm-hmm. like doing oh yeah i just I guess I'm going to do things and my own way. And then you have guys that they spam approach. They have a 2000 sets and they're like, uh, mm-hmm. I still haven't got any result to show up for. It's like, well, maybe you've been doing something oh. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. 2000 yeah. times. Time, time to change something. Yeah. It's like, maybe you were supposed, you know, at the <laughs> 1000 or a half of that, that, Hey guys, maybe, you know, I should get someone to have a look into this, you know, but mm, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Mr. Thomas Crown, uh, we've been uh, going a little bit on uh, for uh-huh. this. Uh, um, any closing remarks? Any, any, anywhere people can find you again? Anything sure. you want to tell to the people at home? Yeah, um, I guess I, I spammed all of my links at the very start of the podcast. But uh, just reminder, especially, just go to thomascrownpua.com. Mm-hmm. You'll find all the information, the links uh, I offer coaching uh consultations infield coaching telegram support plus all the books um and even you know like if you read the blog and uh even if you don't want to buy anything leave a comment you know follow me on twitter create a discussion 
because uh, I appreciate that as well. Because you know, the more buzz you get around the business, the more people are interested. Yeah, and they, uh, they I guess it's currency. Uh, true. Yeah, man, you're right. Um, and I suppose the last thing I just want to say to everyone listening is like, thank you, because without you, then this dream of having my own business is not a possibility. And uh, I sure as hell don't want to go back to that nine to five corporate job. So <laughs> big no. thank you to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Once you have a taste of freedom, uh, it is not going to work. You can't you know? go back. You can't go back. Yep. Can't okay. Go back. It was a pleasure, my friend. You take care and uh, take care, guys. Cheers, man. Really good talking to you. Thanks.